0: I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the end of a series called The Power of Partnership. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Living for Christ Together. That's my prayer for us, that we will live for Christ together. Hey, can I say this? Um, If you're going to be firm in your faith, don't be a rally killer. Be firm in your faith by getting into God's word. And whether it's being a rally killer in your marriage or being a rally killer in your faith or rally killer in reaching out to somebody, know the word, don't be a rally killer. That's what Paul's saying. Be firm in your faith, know the faith, stick to the faith and fight. Then notice that it says right after that, uh, third phrase here, it says, act like men, act like men. That's kind of an interesting A word there Uh, comes from the Greek uh, andridzomai, which is based on the word uh, for man, the specific, the male, not like anthropos, which can be used for men, women, uh, all that. This is the word specifically for men. And what it would be like saying, uh, act like a man. Oh, wait, is that what it said in the text? That was a really good translation. Act like men, act like men, be a man. I want to say this. uh, this, ver- this verb here is not just talking to the males in here. Um, I will say a couple things. First, it's contrasting uh, men. Um, now, keep in mind, battle context, this is men, okay? Um, but first, the contrast I would say is between a man and a boy, okay? When he says, act like men, when the enemy's coming at you, the temptation, every brand new soldier feels this for the first time. When he sees them bearing down and goes, Am I going to die today? And that time is where you make the choice, am I going to act like a man or am I going to act like a boy? Because if it's going to be like a boy, I am out of here. But the Roman way of fighting depended on on maintaining a strong wall. They had very small swords they would use. And the reason was if they could maintain a wall based on shields, the enemy would run into it and stop, and they would just carve you up one at a time. But if people started to run, then you've got holes in the wall, the whole thing falls apart. Act like men. I would also say there's something, there is something to the gender aspect here. And I'm unashamed to say that in this church, we tell men to be men, okay? There's a lot of people in our culture that say men should be more feminine or be more like this or step in, no, be a man, okay? God made you to be a man, you be a man. God calls you as a woman, you be a woman. Don't try to be something you're not. And I I believe that, uh, let me say this clearly, the church is the strongest when men are men, And women are women, and both do it courageously. Okay? I realize that while there's a lot of pressure on men to be different, there's also a lot of pressure on women these days to be different. And culture is trying to change things. Now, I'm not saying people can take that overboard. But I'm going to tell you, God has created you exactly what he wants you to be. And in our culture, where equality, not uniqueness, is celebrated. Equality, it's all be the same. Okay? God didn't make you to be the same. God made you uniquely because he wanted you to be exactly what he wanted you to be. And I want to encourage you, whether you're a guy or a gal, God calls all of us to step up. And I would say here, if you're a woman you're seeing this, uh, you can put, act like, don't cross out men, just put a little note to the top, act like a woman. There's something great about that. There's something about a mother who loves her kids and says, you know what? I don't care what the culture's telling me. I'm gonna do, th- I'm gonna raise my kids like Jesus tells me to do it. Or if you're a man and God tells me to do this, I'm gonna do, th- I'm gonna lay my life down for my family. I'm not gonna run off and be a playboy. I'm gonna be a man. And I think that's what God calls us. Why don't you jot this down? Be focused, be grounded, be courageous. Be courageous. I would tell you single women in the church, Don't settle for a man who conforms to the culture. Settle for a man who transforms the culture. That's a big deal. Because later in life, when you want to be spiritually led, as scripture says, if you have a man that's always trying to find out what's the latest thing in the newspaper or the magazine or philosophy or whatever, and he's going to adapt to the culture, you're always going to be longing for him to be a spiritual leader. But I believe if you step up, If you marry a man that steps up and says, No, we're doing what Jesus Christ says, and does it in gentleness, and lays his life down for you day in and day out, you will be the happiest woman on the face of the earth. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Now, this is, I want to focus on the men for just a minute. Um, You know, jokingly, I would say, uh, this word here uh, could also be translated act like men. It has the feeling of be courageous. Be courageous. Now, I'm going to tell you this, guys. You know, if tonight you go to sleep and in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., you start to hear some footsteps downstairs, do not turn to your wife and say, Honey, act courageous. Okay? We all laugh at that. That would be so dumb. But I'm going to tell you this, men. When your teenagers are losing it and they either need to be instructed or corrected or directed in the Lord, do not turn to your wife and say, act courageous. That is the time for you to be the man take time off work or do something different or whatever is needed, you be, what is it? What are we supposed to be? Courageous. Step up. Be the man. I believe that our culture is dying for that. Longing for that. And I believe that men of God who step up will set the destiny of their families. But whatever your role, whether you're a man or a woman or you're married or you're not, make sure you play your God given role and do it with joy that's what makes a strong church. It's easy to be courageous when you're in basic training, right? Yeah, we're going to be great. We're going to take them down. We're going we're to do all that. We're going to Boy, those guys. have Nothing. To, it's easy to be courageous in basic training. But as again I said, when, when, when the enemy is 100 yards away and, and coming at you, that's when you determine whether you're going to be courageous or not. And think about this. Difference makers are the ones that stick around. Okay? Difference makers are the ones that stick around and act like men or act like women or especially act courageous. You know, one thing I'm very proud of is the fact that we are raising disciples who know Jesus Christ and who know his word. And the concern I have as I look into each of their eyes and to the rest of our students, including my own son, is that they will know how to stand alone for Jesus Christ. Because the reality is, in any culture, in any place, if you do not stand firm in the faith and act courageously, you will get blown over, over time, whether it's simple things or big things. And um, I would tell us parents, um, what God is calling us to do, what God is calling all of us to do, whether you have kids or not, is to teach ourselves and teach our children to stand alone. And um, unlike the military thing, um, I think some of the ways that we have to act courageously is the ability uh, to know that sometimes uh, our kids are going to be unpopular. Sometimes, sometimes honey, you're going to be unpopular. Sometimes they're gonna, every, the crowd's going to go that way, but you don't have to. Jesus will be with you. You stand alone. And it's the people that are willing to stand alone that are the difference makers because the crowd cannot force them to conform. Now, do I realize there's a cost to pay? Absolutely there is. There is. But if you look at throughout scripture, Daniel, Noah, David, throughout scripture, God has used people that are willing to stand alone. Then finally, Paul says, uh, be strong, be strong. This is really the mindset of a believer is to be strong under pressure or opposition. Victory is not achieved without pressure or opposition. Well, some of you might be saying, well, how? How do I do that, Luke? How do, I, how do I be strong in the Lord? Well, I want to point something out here in the text. Um, this verb here, be strong, is actually passive. So if we were to translate it, it would really be, be strengthened. Be strengthened. I think a lot of Christians we say, well, i got to do what's right. i got to do what's right. And yes, we do. And God requires us to step up to the plate. But the reality is God also wants to bring his strength to bear on our situation. And part of a great, strong believer is the, uh, the greatest, strongest believers have been those who have been able to depend on God. Because me and God can take on anything. We need to be strengthened. The Christian, unlike the Roman soldier, uh, does not find his or her primary source of strength within. But is strengthened by God through the Holy Spirit. I want to read Ephesians chapter 3 to you. Paul said this: For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, this is it right here, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Is that awesome or what? God loves you so much that He wants to put His strength in you, even when you're there in your last. Like if I, if one more thing happens, I'm, 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 I'm caving. It's at that moment that God is crying out to you. Let me strengthen you. Let my spirit strengthen you. I would tell you if you're in that place today where you're on your final, uh, that's why we have people up here to pray with you at the end of the service. Come up, let people pray for you. That God's spirit would strengthen you. For us as Christians, our source of strength is different. Instead of digging down, uh, we get down on our knees. Instead of firing ourselves up, We look up and wait for the Lord. I love Isaiah chapter 40, which says this But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Uh, They shall walk and not faint. And I would say if you're praying for strength, realize it's those who wait on the Lord, okay? You gotta wait on the Lord. You gotta be quiet before the Lord. You gotta let the Lord bring it to you, okay? Sometimes you're like, I gotta have it now. Five minutes, four minutes. Got to wait on the Lord, and God will give you the strength you need. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, as a result of listening to meeting with God daily, I hope that your passion for Jesus Christ is growing in such a way that you're learning to share your faith with others. You know, that's something that our church is committed to, equipping men and women to share the good news of Jesus through personal witness and church outreach. And if you don't have a church here in Columbus, Ohio, we'd love to have you join us this weekend. Go to verticalchurch.life. I love the promise coming right before that. It says that God gives power to the faint, verse 29. God gives power to the faint, and to him who has a no might, he increases Strength. That's a promise that God will answer every time you ask for it. Here's the point. Be focused, be grounded, be courageous, then be strengthened. Be strengthened. Let God bring that into your heart. We need to give God our cares and let him give us his strength. We give cares to God, God gives us his strength. That's one truth. The other choice that we have to make is whether we're going to have a mindset that embraces that. Okay? I'm going to tell you, again, your Christian walk will go as far as, in many cases, your willingness to embrace a mindset of being a Christ follower. If you're expecting a cakewalk or lots of cupcakes along the way, you'll find a few, but someday you're going to have to dig in and say, no, 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 I'm following Jesus no matter what. And that is what makes a dynamic follower of Jesus Christ. Let's look. We've looked at the mindset. Now let's quickly look at the motivation of a follower of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 14. Paul says, Let uh, all that you do be done in love. Now, I'm gonna, I just think it's great when we all read together, so I'm going to let you read one really important word. Let all that you do be done in love. Is that just convicting just reading that? Like, I get convicted just thinking about all the times I've not done things in love. All agreed? All for honesty in church? I think we all know how many times we've failed in that, but that's the goal. Let everything in our lives be done in love. I have to say this, everything in our lives boils down to what I love. Okay. If I love me and everything about church is about me and everything about life is about me because I love me, uh, you're not loving Jesus Christ and you're not going to do all things in love. However, if my love is for Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that I never have blessings and I don't enjoy things, okay? But if I ultimately love Jesus Christ the most, not only will I serve him, but I will also serve those that he brings into my life. And so much of the Christian walk is a decision, what and who will I love? Will I love me? Will I love God and the people he's brought into my life? Of everything Paul has said, comes down to love. Now I want to put up a screen here. This is kind of our day to uh, celebrate the end. Think about the power of the cross. First couple chapters of Corinthians. Next three and four. Power of maturity. Power of purity. Power of worship. Some subseries on that. The power of mutual ministry. The power of the resurrection. The power of partnership. Listen, listen. None of that works without love. None of it. It comes down to my love for God and others. Without love, everyone is a failure. Why don't you jot this down? My motivation as a follower of Jesus Christ. My motivation as a follower of Jesus Christ. And just write in big block letters, love. Love. Well, how do we do that? How should I love? Who should I love? How should I target that? Well, I'm glad you asked the question because Paul gives us the great answer right at the end. Why don't you look at Verse 21. Verse 21 says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Now, when Paul says, I'm writing this with my own hands, it's basically meaning he's signing the end of it. Most books were written by dictation to someone else. And at the end, Paul says, just to make sure you know that this is not someone else writing this under my name, this is me. I already wrote a little write a little message. And I was thinking about this. What, four verses he writes? Kind of lazy, don't you think? Come on, man, you're Paul. Write the whole thing. But I was also thinking, it's amazing how Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, nails it. And I mean you could just have those four verses and that would like leave us busy for like months. And I was thinking, what if I was to make the last sermon ever to us as a church family? I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. Or, what if I was giving my last statement to my sons before I was going to pass into eternity and I only had a couple sentences left? What would I say? Probably going to be pretty important. You think? Well, that's what Paul does here. I love the simplicity. I love the simplicity. Get right down to the basics. Here's the first thing Uh, Love the Lord. My motivation is a follower of Jesus Christ. Love the Lord. This is coming quickly. Love the Lord and look for his return. I'm going to tell you something. It's simple, so simple, but it's so much. The people that you love are the people you want to be with. And if you're right now saying, I hope Jesus doesn't come back for another 40 years because I want to live my life up, um, I'm going to say that could be tuned up a bit. Paul says, whoever does not love the Lord ought to be accursed, right to the point. You don't love Jesus Christ. You don't belong here. Okay? Now, I'm not saying leave. I'm saying if you don't love Jesus Christ, we want to help you love Jesus Christ. But Paul's saying, if you don't love Jesus Christ, and you're going to dig in on that, um, you'd be accursed. Um, Not exactly seeker-friendly. But think about this. Those who loved Christ's return are usually doing the right things with the right motivation. Okay? When you have eternity, not as something out there way beyond the clouds, sometime way in my future after I die and do all the things I want to do, then maybe I guess I'll see Jesus. If that's your mindset, you're not going to be motivated by love to live for Him in this present. But if you see eternity as close as a car crash away, that's negative, as a rapture away, that's positive. As anything in between, if you see eternity coming closely and you live for the return of Christ, waiting for the day when, as we sang earlier, he's going to come in the clouds and we're going to see him face to face. When you're living for that, you're filled with love. You are looking for Jesus. You love him. You love him. It's one of the benefits of being a pastor is that so many times in life you see life and death up close. You have an awareness that eternity is not a figment of your imagination when you're 20 and 30 and 40 death is something out there then when you see it all the time you start to get closer i'm getting closer and whether the rapture comes i don't know but i'm going to see jesus soon and there's an anticipation and excitement verse 23 paul says the grace of the lord jesus be with you very interesting a little side note that Paul ends every one of his letters and there's quite a few in the New Testament except for 1 Corinthians and Romans those are the only two books where the final line does not have to deal with grace Paul puts it a little bit earlier here obviously he's building anticipation for the final line that he's going to write I want you to think about this. Grace, God's favor, is a gift we're saved by. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, we're saved by grace through faith. Paul in Romans chapter 5, verse 2 said this, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, this favor of God in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Grace was everything to Paul. Without grace, he was a persecutor of the church. Without grace, there was no hope for the Corinthian church to do a U-turn. Without grace, there was no future, there was no past, there was no present to be excited about. And I'd say this, if there's something that I could a wish for you, wish over you, if you will, that would be God's grace. Okay, again, if you're going to boil it down to something, love Jesus. My second prayer for my kids, for anybody I love, is that the grace of God would be very active in their lives. If you got God's grace going for you, the whole rest of the score doesn't matter. That's the beauty of the gospel, that no matter if I'm a completely depraved sinner, by the way, we're all depraved in some form, no matter how far I've I've gone away from God or I've never been close to God ever, no matter what, the grace of God is the fact that all of God's favor can cover that of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And I would say, if you're here today and you're not sure if God loves you, uh, study grace. He has grace for you. If you turn to him and accept forgiveness. Paul was a tough dude. I'll agree that Paul's a pretty tough dude. The great thing about him, though, is he brought the grace of God into every situation he encountered. The grace of God be with you. You Corinthians are a tool. In fact, I was thinking about this today. The Corinthians, if you study the whole book... There were a lot of tools in 1 Corinthians, okay? People that were tools. They were like a whole tool shed, okay? And yet God's grace was so abundant. And Paul knew that they needed grace. Why don't you write this down? Love the Lord, then bring the gift of grace into any and every situation I encounter. I'm not talking about being gracious, okay? Uh, Here's my son, I'm gonna be gracious. I'm gonna give you a hug. I'm gonna be gracious to you. Okay, that's important. It's a function of grace. But really, grace is the gospel. It's giving, um, a fa- it's bringing the favor of God. Now, um, you know, if you like my favor, you like being a friend of mine, great. That probably won't get you far, but, you know, I like you. If you could tell me that too, we could be friends. Maybe on Facebook, okay? My favor doesn't mean much. The reality is in every situation in your life, what really matters is the favor of God. Okay, let's not kid ourselves to think that if I bring my special little happy feelings into the situation, that'll make everything great. It doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't matter in eternity. What matters is whether when we go into a situation at home, positive or negative, I go into a situation at work, I go into a situation uh, with my in-laws on vacation in that camp, where no matter what I go into, if I bring the grace of God to bear on that situation, awesome things will happen. And that's what we all ought to pray. I'm going to visit that person. I'm going to visit that old friend. I'm going to, whatever your situation, the, the thing that your children need the most, your boss needs the most, your best friend needs the most is what? It's grace. And that's what Paul wishes or, or desires, prays over the Corinthians. Then finally, unlike most letters that Paul wrote or would write He focuses his final words to the Corinthians on their greatest growth point, and I might say probably in many cases our greatest growth point. Here's the final point. Let the love of Christ flow through me to others. Okay? My motivation as a follower of Jesus Christ is to love the Lord, bring the gift of grace into any and every situation I encounter, and let the love of Christ flow through me to others. Okay? I have to say this if we're going to be a gospel-centered people, the power of partnership, that's the little series, my church filled with God's power, that's the whole two-year series. The power of the gospel itself, it plays on one channel and it goes through one channel. That's our love. Okay? If you go out and you tell people, oh, you need to follow Jesus Christ, but there's no love around you, and your life they look at your house like there's no love going on there. There's no love. No, there's not much love going in. We we fail as a believer. But if we serve Jesus Christ and say, no matter what goes on, I'm going to live with love. Um, Even if I have to wait a long time and take a lot of hits, I'm going to love the people around me. And not just with any love, but the love that's in Jesus Christ. That is when the gospel shines through to even the darkest heart, the most bitter person. And sooner or later now or in eternity they have to acknowledge the greatness of our god it's to our love your love my love that is the motivation of a follower of jesus christ now let's read together the final word in first corinthians and all god's people said Amen. amen Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Meeting with God is a listener-supported ministry which strives to share the good news of Jesus Christ each day. Our prayer is that this radio program will lift people's eyes and hearts to our Savior, Jesus. If you would like to be a part of the Meeting with God team of financial donors who make this ministry possible, please visit our website, verticalchurch.life. We are thankful for your partnership in the gospel. And as always, we hope to meet you back here at the very same time tomorrow for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.